Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. With a population of just over 2 million, Slovenia is an incredibly beautiful country in Central Europe just south of Austria. It was part of Yugoslavia for most of the 20th century. One of the leading researchers and cannabis activists in Slovenia is Bozidar Radišić, And I know I've butchered his last name, but uh, he'll help me out. He has helped thousands of patients with cannabis oil and cannabis with great success. And it has convinced him that the best method of treatment for the delivery of cannabis oil is by suppository. Bozidar, thanks so much for doing this. I realize it's later in the evening where you are, but we greatly appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. Corey has told me a lot of good things about you. Are they all true? Uh, I don't know what he uh, told you (laughs) about me, but yes, we are struggling to help people now for over way over the decade and in all these uh, years we somehow figure out uh, maybe somebody have uh, uh, different experiences but uh, one of the best ways of the or the best way to applicate cannabis are rectal or vaginal suppositories now explain why that is the best way so uh, there are, I think, more reasons. So, first reason is that uh, active, most active compound in cannabis is uh, delta 98C. Uh, delta 98C is substitute for uh, endogenic cannabinoid, uh, so for anandamide, right? And uh, I think if you keep uh, delta 9 in your body active as long as possible uh, you will have better uh, results because if you uh, applicate cannabis orally it will turn uh, very quick into delta 11 THC which is way more psychoactive Uh, you know this if you eat too much cookies or something similar you know and I think, therefore, it's not such a therapeutical, uh, you know... Uh, it's not the best approach. Yes. Thank you. And uh, uh, recent studies, uh, they showed... Uh, it's a study on the rats, but, uh, you know, the metabolism is uh, very much similar. Uh, that human body have... Uh, uh, 100, pros, uh, 100 times more CBD in uh, lymph uh, liquid and uh, uh, no, two ta- 250 times more CBD its concentration than in blood and 100 times uh, higher than uh, of CBD than in the blood. So that means because rectum is all surrounded by uh, uh, lymph nodes and uh, lymph generally, and uh, because lymph is very lipophilic, uh, uh, it means that uh, 
uh, absorb uh, fats uh, very well. I think this is the reason why the suppositories are uh, way much better than other applications. So to be clear here, Boshadar, what you're saying is that in rectal application, the CBD concentration rectally versus orally is 250 times stronger and 100 times stronger for the THC. Uh, this is no conclusion from this last Israeli study, you know, because until now we all, uh, or all scientists measured uh, uh, levels of cannabinoids, either THC or CBD in blood, in serum. Correct. But now the first study is uh, the, the content of uh, cannabinoids in the lymph uh, liquid, which is 100 to 250 times higher than in the blood. And we all know that lymph system is a main immune system. And we all know that cannabis actually work that way, that it raise immune system, immune response, it uh, balance the body uh, and so on. And I think we have to make much more research on this in near future. Boshadar, you know, this is probably, for me, this information, when I first learned this from you the other day, is probably one of the most exciting things that's happened to me in the nine years that I've been doing this, other than, you know, helping to clear patients, because I have said for the longest time, 95% of the people that I've helped to clear do suppositories morning and afternoon, oral at night, and then there were all the naysayers out there, and I remember being in Prague last year, and sitting on the stage with you and Bob Malamede and Jindrick and Janet uh, Sweeney and Bob saying that we don't know why it works. We just know that rectal works. And, you know, to finally have some kind of solid evidence behind it, uh, or at least an indication of why it works, is really, really exciting. Uh, yes, I agree because, uh, you know, but uh, the problem is it's hard to do research on lymph uh liquid because you cannot just take uh, as blood from your body right so until now we can we have to limit uh, this on the animal or research or animals you know unfortunately uh, but i think this is the <clears throat> the future uh, also why even small kids uh, i i explained you about this case from croatia with the baby three and a half months old with brain tumor. You know, she was on very high dose of THC or even older people or anybody can can be on high doses of THC if he uses rectal. Right, because the, the, the person is not getting high that way. Not at all. Not at all. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, it will all also turn all this uh, Delta 9 into Delta 11, but this process, uh, it will be slowed down very much. So you have longer time, uh, more uh, active Delta 9 TNC in your blood circle or in your body available, you know, to defeat the disease. Right. And for listeners, uh, maybe you could just tell a little bit more about this little girl. So she was three months old and she had, I believe, glioblastoma, was it? No, it was ependymoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the 70% of her brain was in cancer. So mm. uh, 
it was really terrible. She was born in August and uh, diagnosed on uh, Christmas Eve. Oh. Uh, so not even four months old. Uh, they immediately, I have to be honest, started with uh, uh, conventional therapies, you know. Yes. But if you look statistics, you know what should be the outcome. Uh, but this girl, it's now in first uh, grade in school. She is now seven without any problem. She's in normal school without any whatsoever, you know, symptoms or whatsoever. Wow. So I cannot say she's cured. We don't know. But right. for seven years, she is perfectly okay. Wonderful. Yeah, that is an amazing story. Uh, yes, unfortunately, we have uh, more and more kids with cancer, also in Slovenia, osteosarcoma, with genital cancers, with uh, brain tumors, with I don't know what is going on, actually. And uh, I'm, uh, I hope that this last change on UN, it will, you know, brings some changes on this field as well, because when you are sick, you don't really concern all the laws and whatever, because there are different uh, priorities, you know, like your life, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. Can you, can you just say a little bit about what you're referring to with the UN for those that don't know? Uh, the UN uh, adopted new rescheduling of cannabis uh, and cannabis is not uh, forbidden to use in uh, human medicine anymore. Uh, but, you know, we have to train doctors because if doctor uh, physician will not prescribe you cannabis, it's still technically not available. And uh, like for the market in Germany, or you know the case in Czech Republic, they ordered two kilo of cannabis for the whole country. For the whole country? Yes. So it's like nothing. It was two years ago when I talked to Jindrich, you know. Yes. So therefore, uh, we organize also those scientific conferences and we train doctors uh, uh, through medical chamber, you know, to educate doctors because it's a still big uh, boogie woogie for Slovenian or European doctors, especially. <laughs> boogie woogie. <laughs> and unfortunately, and you yeah. know. Yes. Yeah. And Boschner, you've you've um, come up with something that's kind of unique, particularly for the North American crowd. I think it's known a bit more in Europe, which is the use of nasal spray. Could you talk about that a little? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, nasal spray came out now or uh, it shows it, it is very effective uh, way of treatment for several conditions, you know, like migraines, headaches, Parkinson's tremor, good night's sleep, uh, good mood, uh, brain tumors, uh, because, you know, there are uh, most of CB1 receptors or uh, CB1 receptors are very dense in the brains. And especially with brain tumors and so on, it's important that you get as much as possible active compound into the brains. 
So the best way is to uh, nasal spray, where these cannabinoids can absorb through labial veins and going directly to the brains. Uh, uh, all of our, uh, I don't know, hundreds of patients with glioblastoma, they use it. It lowers also the eye pressure, like for glaucoma, and so it is also very powerful epistatus for uh, kids with uh, uh, severe uh, epileptic seizures. Uh, because, you know, the conventional epistatus is very hard drug and then kids are, you know, knocked out for days or weeks if, if they have serial of uh, seizures. And uh, we find out that one or two sprays, so five to ten milligrams, will stop almost every seizure. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Yes, and it's, uh, but it's too cheap, you know, I think that that's the reason, and, you know, I, I always joke in Slovenia, if uh, every uh, woman can have uh, her cure or uh, on the backyard, what can we do, where we make our money? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, well, it's my understanding, Boshidar, that there isn't any high associated with nasal spray either. Is that correct? That is, that is correct. You have to be very careful. Uh, uh, five milligrams is one dose. Already with two uh, sprays, so 10 milligrams, you can feel quite, quite a lot. So, uh, whoever is starting with nasal spray, I would uh, recommend with 5 milligrams and then increasing not, uh, uh, not before 5 to 7 days, you know, every 5 to 7 days. Okay, Be so... It will knock you out because it comes very quick to the brains. Okay, okay, so you want to raise that dose slowly then? Yes, very slow. Yeah, but with your glioblastoma or brain tumor patients, is it fair to say that um, almost all of them, if not all of them, are using um, not only cannabis oil rectally, but also using the nasal spray? Yes. Okay. Because yes. I, when I talk to people about you, I, I call you the glioblastoma king because you've had so much success with brain tumors. Uh. You know, Corey, we started more than a decade ago. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I, I met maybe thousands of thousands of people in this time. And uh, uh, if you're open-minded, if you are listen more than you talk, then and you have right feedback, then you learn a lot. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. If some people want to be too smart, they don't listen to the patients, they don't listen to the feedback of patients and so on, it's harder. So if you collect a lot of experience, we all learn every day. We don't know everything far from this. Right. That's why I really yeah. like, uh, you know, when we go to Prague and stuff, because there's such an exchange of information. Yes, yes it is, and uh, listen, I have to tell you, I'm very lucky, one of my patients, 
former uh, cancer patients with bone metastasis, uh, prostate cancer. Uh, he became partner because we established Institute back in 2019, Research Nature Institute in Slovenia. Um, and now we are making cannabinoid profiles for all products uh, on the market, black, gray, whatever. Uh, because we are collecting data, what are what the people are using on the market, you know. Right. And uh, we made thousands of uh, this testing of cannabis. Uh, our lab is uh, on the Faculty of Medicinal Sciences in Ljubljana because we have a cooperation agreement. Um, because we want to learn more. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And and also when we collect all this data, we also collect data how the people are using it, uh, uh, how they dosing it, what are their experience, and also what is their success. Boshidar, so, one of the one of the questions we invariably get asked or sent to us via email of people who have a certain ailment, most notably cancer, they always mm -hmm. ask. What's the best strain to take? How important are specific strains? I, uh, very important. Uh, but I, will, uh, I would not uh, say specific strains. I would rather say the best results uh, we notice with the mix of more strains or many strains. Multi-strain uh, oils. Yes. Yes, but they all have to be good extracts, you know. Yes. But every strain have uh, a bit different cannabinoid uh, profile. Uh, one have uh, THCV, another have more CBC, another have more CBG, I don't know, whatever. And uh, our experience is if you have more strains, there is more likely that you will cover all endocannabinoids, uh, uh, which your body doesn't produce, because this is the main problem. You know, we have now, uh, you heard Lumiere in Prague, uh, seven endocannabinoids and two uh, cannabinoid receptors. Yes. And until we don't have method how to measure the level of these cannabinoids and the activity of your receptors, it's all tapping in the dark. Yes. So the best results, as much strains, not 100, I'm not talking, or three, five, six strains mixing together gives the best result. Yeah, I, w I would agree. You know, most of the people that I assist are on um, one or two oils and uh, either a four strain or an eight strain. And for myself, just personal experience, I sure see a huge difference with a multi-strain over a single strain, much higher yes. success rate. Yes. Uh, uh, listen, maybe one story. Uh, one doc uh, uh, father from my friend, he's a medical doctor. Uh, he had uh, prostate cancer with uh, already severe edema in uh, his legs. So... Uh, I always write down which strains I mix and so on, so I have a little bit of history for the back, you know. And uh, then uh, uh, I gave him another uh, suppositories. It was obviously a different mix of strains. 
and he called me because after first suppositories, this edema disappeared in two days. Mm -hmm. Wow! And he was shocked. And then when I when we changed suppositories, edema came back. So he asked me, "What can it be?" You know, because father was very good. He was eighty five or six or whatever. Unfortunately, after that, he died because of stroke. Uh, so I go back uh, and I found which strains, I will not make now any commercial. We switched back to this, uh, mixed to this strains and edema went away again. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we learned that we don't know much. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with uh, cannabis medicine or as medicine, the more I learn, the more I need to know. Yes. Yes. Bullshit, uh, take us. Take, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, but, uh, you know, the point is until now we have like experience around 60 to 70% of the people are not cured, but uh, cancer-free, at least for a while, let's say this way. Because it's not up to cannabis, it's up to your endocannabinoid and your immune system. Mm -hmm. and that's the point. Bingo, that's true. Very, very true. Bojidar, in Slovenia, what are the laws like with respect to cannabis? Yes, in Slovenia, it's the same mess as everywhere, you know. Uh, it's not against the law if you use cannabis or possess cannabis for your own purposes. But uh, in practice, uh, you can go to jail for one gram or uh, you can pay a small fine for one kilo. It depends on the judge, on the prosecutor, on if you are from rural area, you know, or from capital, it's very much different. What about cannabis oil? Are you allowed to have cannabis oil in your possession? Are you allowed to make cannabis oil? What's, what's not, the laws surrounding that? Not at all. All uh, extracts still all, uh, are uh, forbidden in EU. Even uh, CBD extracts are very much gray zone uh, because, uh, you know, bureaucrats are bureaucrats and uh, the, this convention from 61 uh, forbid all extracts. It doesn't matter on the content of THC or CBD. And now EU is very funny, I don't know how to call it actually, you know, conglomerate. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we have so-called uh, EU food rules. And this is like new food now in, uh, in Europe, CBD, because it was not used, I don't know, 20 years back. You know, because it's funny rules. And uh, it was not used because it was banned. So it's a catch-22, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so everything in Europe is actually gray zone. Uh, people are fighting on the courts. They are winning on the courts. But still, it's a hard battle. And THC is forbidden completely. 
And Oshner, I saw an interview with you just back a ways, I think, but I'm wondering if this still stands true, where you're not allowed to share your joint or hand a joint to somebody or something? Yes, it's a criminal offense. <laughs> and you can go to jail for up to, I think, seven years. You broke the law with me in Prague. Many times, <laughs> my dear Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Boshidar, have you had any altercations with the police? Uh, I was in jail three times. So and I think once many. once I read that uh, you went on a hunger strike. Yes, this, that was uh, very interesting. You know, they busted me for a few plans. Uh, it was all uh, planned by the police. And uh, I am a Capricorn, very stubborn, you know. And when police took me, I told them, listen, if you don't release me, I will go on hunger strike as long as you don't let me out. So it happened I was on hunger strike for 82 days. Wow, that is a long time. Uh, don't even tell me. Wow. And I lost like 28 kilos, you know, I was like this guy from Auschwitz. Wow. Uh, but definitely they let me out. But the point is, it was a lot of publicity, you know, it was on national television, all newspapers. And uh, the perception starts to change. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. People can see it's really a bullshit. You know, why to convict or uh, whatever, somebody who just want to smoke a joint or whatever. Yeah, so this so, is for growing plants. Uh, I think it's, yes, yes. I think it's just uh, uh, easy job for police, prosecutors, uh, for attorneys, for judges, you know, to prosecute some user. You know, it's easy, but they don't consider a big crime. So we are just collateral damage in this drug war. Now, with this this uh, hunger thing that you went on, do you have any lasting effects from that? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Mm. Uh, it took me more than a year to come back uh, to the normal. Well, I believe it, yes. Wow. You know, they didn't stop us, right? When they released me in December, I organized first scientific conference already in May. <laughs> go, Oshidar, go. Yeah. Uh, yes, very stubborn. Oshidar, if, if the United States legalizes cannabis, what do you think will be the repercussions in Europe? Oof, uh, I don't know. Uh, Europe is uh, completely, uh, it was took over by bureaucrats, you know. And uh, uh, I have experience in Europe, you cannot find in Slovenia even one politician against the regulation of cannabis for medical purposes, for a personal use or whatever. I don't like word recreation. Recreation when I play basketball or I whatever. It's a personal use, you know. Uh, 
And I am betting now 10 years. I was many times in Slovenian parliament uh, on these committees and so on. And even if committee, you know, tell those bureaucrats, you have to fix this. After two years, nothing is done. And then another two years and then new politicians are coming and bureaucrats, they stay. And they stay for 10 years and 20 years and 30 years, you know. And this is the biggest problem. Not the politics, is bureaucracy in the European Union. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this European Parliament, it's like Babylon, you know. Nobody understands. Yeah, I noticed in, uh, in Amsterdam what they've done, uh, what they're proposing anyway, is to ban foreigners from the coffee shops where they can buy uh, cannabis. Yes, maybe next time they can put us, uh, uh, you know, uh, these uh, jewel stars on our shoulders or on our mm. arms. You know, it's it's really stupid. Uh, uh, Europe and I think also states and uh, also Canada, it's over-regulated. And this is the, the biggest problem because you don't have just... You are not penalized just through criminal law, you know. Mm-hmm. You can have problem with social workers. They, If you are convicted for cannabis, then they want to take your children away because you are drag, drug addict, you know, and so on. Uh, you know the problems in traffic when they take your driver's license away and you cannot go to your job anymore. So another problem for social, uh, you know, so... It's a very complex, uh, and they all make money on us, you know, from police uh, to through this testing industry uh, and so on. A very similar story for as uh, we are now just passing with this COVID. Bojar, I think it's wonderful the work you're doing and the information that you've passed on, and particularly for probably the thousands of people that you've helped make well. Um, And uh, I think that uh, people should really embrace what you've done. And maybe there's someone out there that can uh, fund the work that you've been doing because I think it's invaluable to the people all around the world, not just in Slovenia, but all around the world. And I want to thank you for everything that you've done. Corey, uh, do you have any... Th- Go ahead, Bojar. I just want to say something. We established some system, and, uh, you know, we have also some uh, info office in Ljubljana. Mm-hmm. And in this year's uh, the self-sufficiency with cannabis among can- uh, cancer patients is around 70%. So 70% all of cancer patients are growing for themselves. Because I always tell them there is no judge that there will prosecute or jail you if you want to help you. You know, and that's true. If they want to help themselves, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boshadar, I'm just curious, with children, in Slovenia, like I know in the States particularly, and to an extent here in Canada, but not as bad, if you don't put, if you're, you have a child who's diagnosed, uh, say, with glioblastoma, 
you have yes. to put them through you have to put them through chemo and radiation or the authorities will um apprehend, apprehend them. the child and put them through it anyway is that the case where you are as well you can have very big problems it's much easier if you uh, deny anything you know any procedures or whatever but but for the kids uh, social workers ca can jump in and they will you know go to quick court and court will decide that this is the most benefit for your child and they will put it uh, uh, put your child on all these treatments do you remember the very first child you treated or helped with? Well, I have to recall, Corey, it was thousands of people in this. Yeah. In yeah. This, you know. do you, okay. There was how about, do you have one case that stands out particularly? You know how you get those ones where it just blows your mind when they clear? Do you have one that sort of stays in your mind? Yes, there was a guy, uh, he was then, uh, I think, 10 or 11 with very severe osteosarcoma with metastasis all over the bones, everywhere. Mm. And uh, this, uh, this uh, doctor uh, uh, told his mother, she is nurse in the hospital in Slovenia, try cannabis. And uh, this guy came a month ago for, you know, maintenance dose with his own car. So after eight years, he's like new, he, he's performing sport. He's going out to uh, university in Ljubljana and so on. So those are quite touching, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a big ear to ear grin on my face listening to that. That's amazing. Many such cases, many, you know. But uh, I always present few cases as well, you know. But uh, I don't want to uh, present this as miracles, if you know what no, I mean. No, it's not. And we're always very clear about that, you know, in, in Prague and stuff. This is not a miracle cure. Yeah. I always say, okay, those people died or whatever. I don't want to because some people they say you will get you will get uh, cured or whatever, hundred percent. Yeah. There is just one thing which is hundred percent, and you know what it is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oshadar, wonderful to talk to you. Thank you very much, and we appreciate you taking time to do this. Thank you for inviting me. Boshadar, it was an absolute honor to have you on, my friend. Thank you so very, very much. And let's be optimistic and say we'll all meet in Prague next year. This year, Corey. This, this year, year this 2021. Year, oh, yes. Okay, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> Corey, I realize you're a little older, but this is going to happen. Okay, that's enough from you. <laughs> <laughs> thank okay. you so much, Boshadar. Sending you a big hug. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to donate to Cannabis Health Radio, you can do so by going to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and you can either make a one-time donation or a monthly donation for as little as $5 a month. And if you have an inspiring story, let us know. Also go to our website, and we're always looking for people to interview. And uh, it's becoming more and more difficult with some of the censorship that's going on with 
sites like uh, Facebook. So if you have an inspiring story about the medical use of cannabis, go to our website and send us an email and tell us about it. And thanks again for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.